Welcome to Episode 10 of PCS Reads, the summer reading podcast for Parkview Center School and any other summer readers who want to join us. I'm your host, Laura, Parkview School Librarian. We have a few Fridays left this summer, and for each one that's left, there will be a new episode of this podcast. To start off each episode, we have a new reading challenge. This episode's reading challenge is Read Something That Is Not a Book. There are so many things that you could read to meet this challenge. You could read a newspaper or a magazine. You could read a cereal box, a program from an event, an instruction manual, a recipe, or a map. So this week, look for all the interesting places you can read outside of a book. If you have an idea for a weekly reading challenge, visit the podcast website at pcsreads.podbean.com and click on the link that says Sign the Guest Book. From there, you can submit your challenge idea. This week on the podcast, we will hear the end of Chapter 6 of The Girl Who Drank the Moon by author Kelly Barnhill. You can now find The Girl Who Drank the Moon anywhere books are sold, and check it out from your local library. If you go to Parkview, we will have copies to check out from our library after school starts. In the last episode, Kelly Barnhill talked about the character Athene and how she kept trying to write her out of the book, but she just wouldn't go. Earlier this summer, I asked Kelly Barnhill which character was the hardest for her to write in The Girl Who Drank the Moon. Here is what she had to say. Luna was the hardest one. Yeah, yeah, she was, or at least I knew her so well and it made it hard for me to write about her. It made, it made it hard for me to sort of like pin her down. And part of the problem is that she is hard to pin down. Um, she's just a kid who's constantly in motion. She's got, she's um, got so many questions. She's a little bit furious. Um, and, um, and, and so it's, it's actually really hard to pin a character like that down. Like I knew her so well and um, getting her to sit still long enough to like write a scene about her was actually really hard. So yeah, that, that took, that took a while. That took a lot of sort of writing around her in order to sort of corral her so that I could like see her from all sides um, because she was so very much in motion. And now, here is the end of Chapter 6 of The Girl Who Drank the Moon. The other elders still had not arrived at the council hall, and likely would not until noon or later. Gerland told Anton to sit. The grand elder stared at Anton for a long time. Anton couldn't get the tower out of his mind, or the mad woman, or the baby left in the forest, whimpering piteously as they walked away. And oh, how that mother screamed, and oh, how she fought, and oh, 
What have we become? It pierced Anton every day, a great needle in his soul. Nephew, the Grand Elder said at last. He folded his hands and brought them to his mouth. He sighed deeply. Anton realized that his uncle's face was pale. The day of sacrifice approaches. I know, uncle, Anton said. His voice was thin. Five days, it... He sighed. It waits for no one. You were not there last year. You were not standing with the other elders. An infection in your foot, as I recall. Anton tilted his gaze to the ground. Yes, uncle. I had a fever, too. And it resolved itself the next day. Bog be praised, he said weakly. It was a miracle. And the year before, Gerland said. It was pneumonia, was it? Anton nodded. He knew where this was going. And before that, a fire in the shed. Is that right? Good thing no one was injured. And there you were, all by yourself, fighting the fire. Everyone else was along the route, Anton said. No shirkers. So I was alone. Indeed, Grand Elder Gerland gave Anton a narrowed look. Young man, he said, who on earth do you think you're fooling? A silence fell between them. Anton remembered the little black curls framing those wide black eyes. He remembered the sounds the baby made when they left her in the forest. He remembered the thud of the tower doors when they locked the madwoman inside. He shivered. Uncle, Anton began, but Gerland waved him off. Listen, nephew. It was against my better judgment to offer you this position. I did so not because of the incessant needling of my sister, but because of the great love I had and have for your dear father, may he rest easily. He wanted to make sure your path was assured before he passed away, and I could not deny him, and having you here, the hard lines of Gerland's face softened a bit has been an antidote to my own sadness, and I appreciate it. You are a good boy, Anton. Your father would be proud. Anton found himself relaxing, but only for a moment. With a broad sweep of robes, the Grand Elder rose to his feet. But, he said, his voice reverberating strangely in the small room, my affection for you only goes so far. There was in his voice a brittle edge. His eyes were wide, strained, even a bit wet. Is my uncle worried about me? Anton wondered. Surely not, he thought. Young man, his uncle continued, this cannot go on. The other elders are muttering. They... He paused. His voice caught in his throat. His cheeks were flushed. They aren't happy. My protection over you extends far, my dear, dear boy, but it is not infinite. Why would I need to be protected? Anton wondered as he stared at his uncle's strained face. The Grand Elder closed his eyes and calmed his ragged breathing. He motioned for the boy to stand. His face resumed its imperious expression. Come, nephew, it's time for you to return to school. We shall expect you... As usual, at mid-afternoon, I do hope you are able to make at least one person grovel today. 
it would put to rest so many misgivings among the other elders. Promise me you'll try, Anton, please. Anton shuffled toward the door, the grand elder gliding just behind. The older man lifted his hand to rest on the boy's shoulder and let it hover just above for a moment, before thinking better of it and letting it drift back down. I'll try harder, uncle, Anton said as he walked out the door. I promise I will. See that you do, the grand elder said in a hoarse whisper. Five days later, as the robes swept through the town toward the cursed house, Anton was home, sick to his stomach, vomiting his lunch, or so he said. The other elders grumbled during the entire procession. They grumbled as they retrieved the child from its pliant parents. They grumbled as they hurried toward the sycamore grove. The boy will have to be dealt with, the elders muttered, and each one knew exactly what that meant. Oh, Anton, my boy, my boy, oh, Anton, my boy, Gerland thought as they walked, tendrils of worry curling around his heart, cinching tight into a hard, tight knot. What have you done, you foolish child? What have you done? Chapter 6 is the last chapter of The Girl Who Drank the Moon we will read aloud on this podcast, but there is still more in store for the upcoming episodes of PCS Reads. Don't miss the next episode where we will hear more from author Kelly Barnhill and hear her read to us from a prequel she wrote to The Girl Who Drank the Moon. A special thank you to Algonquin Young Readers, a division of Workman Publishing, for permission to share the opening chapters of The Girl Who Drank the Moon through this podcast. On each episode of PCS Reads, we end the show with a few book recommendations. I'm still looking for more recommendations, so now is the time to call in. First, decide on a book you would like to recommend and why you would recommend it. Then, call the PCS Reads Book Recommendation Hotline at 612-568-5355 and leave a message. The message you leave will be saved and sent to the podcast. Finally, listen for your book recommendation on a future episode. Here are this episode's book recommendations. Hey everybody, my name is Greg Schiegel. I'm a cartoonist and the author and illustrator of the graphic novel Picks One Weirdest Weekend. And I'm going to recommend three books that I love, which in some way, shape, or form influenced me and how I think about stories and how I tell stories. The first book is called The View from Saturday by E.L. Konigsberg. This book is about an academic team and how they all came together and their big academic competition. What's awesome about this book is the way the story is told, where the questions in the competition lead into flashbacks and different narrators telling their individual stories. And then through those stories, things start connecting and it's it's kind of like a puzzle and it's very, very cool. The second book is called The Man in the Ceiling. 
And this book is written by a cartoonist named Jules Pfeiffer, but it is not a graphic novel. It is an illustrated novel about a boy who wants to be a cartoonist. But what's particularly good about this book is also, like the last one, how it is told. In this case, the narrator sometimes talks to you as the reader, like he knows you're reading a book, which is something that I like a lot when when the book is very smart and clever that way and when it's done well. And this book does that very well. And the story is great about this kid and he's trying to get better at drawing hands and it's worth reading. At least I think so. And the last book is a book that I used to check out all the time, many, many, many times, again and again and again from my school library when I was much, much, much younger. And it's Dollier's book of Norse myths. I have always loved superheroes. It's what got me into comic books and graphic novels and why I do that now. But before superheroes were anything, they were uh, mythology stories, gods and goddesses and heroes and monsters and that sort of thing. And this book tells the stories of the Norse mythology, which is where the character Thor comes from, who you might know as one of the Avengers from the movies and cartoons and all of that. Well, this book tells the story of the Thor that the superhero Thor is based on, along with a bunch of other awesome stories about Odin and Loki and Freya and all these awesome, kind of like superhero characters, gods and goddesses and all that. Uh, there's also, if you get the mythology bug, Dollier's book of Greek mythology. So you can really get into it and compare the myths of the ancient times to the superheroes that you might think are very cool now. Anyway, those are my recommendations. I hope you've had a great summer. I hope you have a great school year. Thanks for listening. My name is Calvin, and and my in the book I'd recommend is Elijah Buxton. And I, why I'd recommend it is because it shows a lot of African history. It goes through states from Canada to Michigan, and he talks like this. Oh, mama, I'm not fragile. Hi, my name is Barb, and I am the new um, 7th and 8th grade English teacher um, this year at Parkview Center School. And I'm calling today because I'd like to recommend a book called Nickel Bay Nick by Dean Pitchford. Dean Pitchford also wrote Captain Nobody and The Big One O. So Nickel Bay Nick is a really fun book. Um, our protagonist is a middle school student named Sam Brattle, and he is having a very bad Christmas. His mom and dad are divorced, and his Mom has started a new family, and like many other business owners in Sam's town, Sam's dad is struggling to keep his bakery out of bankruptcy. Um, Sam has been committing some vandalism and some other minor crimes around the town, and things are not looking good at all. Just when it seems that this is going to be Sam's worst Christmas ever, his mysterious neighbor named Mr. Wells um, blackmails Sam into helping out with a tradition in the town involving a secret Santa. Mr. Wells has a broken leg this year, and so he needs someone who can carry out the secret Santa acts in the town. 
and because he has some secrets about Sam, he's able to press him into service. This book is funny. Um, this book is fast-paced, a lot of suspense, and a beautiful message about second chances and family. And I'll tell you what, there's a great little twist at the end. Um, I think that this is a book that many of you would like. It is a Mod Heart Lovelace Book Award nominee this year. I look forward to meeting you all in the fall and hope you're having a great summer. That's all for this episode of PCS Reads. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will join us again. Until then, happy summer, happy reading.